0: Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Hey everybody, welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark, with me as always is my girlfriend Carol. How are you doing, Carol?
1: I'm great, how are you?
0: I'm doing good. Uh, Not a lot of news in the entertainment world uh, this week, but uh, I will say that over the weekend... I tried this new thing. It's called uh, Laser Quest. It's a laser tag place where basically you go in uh to this room, you you dress up in uh you put on this harness that has these laser these laser targets on them mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then you have a laser gun and you go into a, a dark room with a bunch of different places you can hide behind and stuff like that. You go in for 5 minutes and You know, you shoot as many people as you can. You try not to get shot. Every person you shoot, you get a certain amount of points. Every time you get shot, you go down for like five seconds where you can't do anything. And you get a certain amount of points taken away from you. And then accuracy is taken into account as well. And you see who comes in first place.
1: Oh, gee, that sounds fun. It was fun. Who did you do that with?
0: Uh, My friend. I did it with my friend Mike. You know Mike. I do. um, And Bill... Uh, went with us and uh, Ryan Seipke.
1: Oh, okay. Any Any anybody named I don't know Jenny there with you? No. No. Je- Jenny Sutherland. No. Yeah, I um, I have some news. Okay. Because I I saw I saw you, I saw you and Jenny talking. I, I I saw you talking all close and quiet. What What was that about?
0: Okay, so Jenny. so jenny uh needs help with her history so she was asking me if i would tutor her in history so i was going through uh different history stuff with her you know i get when i when i'm talking history i get kind of animated and uh and excited Uh
1: uh-huh I don't like the way that you were looking at each other. I don't like this. You don't You don't just tutor some girl without talking to me about it.
0: So now I have to talk to you every time I want to uh, <clears throat> to take on a new tutor?
1: If you're going to spend 2D. time alone with some hot girl who's going to look at you the way she looks at you. Yeah, you do.
0: Okay, well, you don't have anything to worry about as far as Jenny goes. I don't know how you think she was looking at me, but you know that I only have eyes for you, sweetie.
1: Uh-huh. I'm, I'm not happy, but whatever.
0: Okay, I won't tutor Jenny anymore then.
1: Good, thank you.
0: <clears throat> is, that, is that what you want to hear? Yes. Okay. Well, you can tell Jenny that she's gonna fail history.
1: There are other tutors.
0: Yeah, but there's nobody as good as me.
1: That may be <laughs> true, dear. But I really don't care.
0: <laughs> oh, so we've had a uh, a good week, I suppose. <laughs> Despite uh despite that. Um but uh yeah, we've uh we've continued to expand our reach. Uh I heard uh from a friend of mine that someone in Illinois was listening to uh the, our uh our tapes. Wow,
1: I wonder how they got them all the way out in Illinois.
0: Well I know that some people are mailing them to, to cousins and pen pals, friends oh. and stuff like that. Yeah, just putting them in an envelope and sending them in the uh, in the mail. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, that's uh things are, are spreading, which is nice. But um again if you uh if you have any questions for us, anything that you want to hear, you can put a note in my locker. Uh if you have any uh money that you want to donate to uh, our cause because you find this entertaining, you can put a, a dollar into Carol's locker. And, uh, yeah, we'll read all your questions and we'll take all your dollars.
1: Yes, yes, we will.
0: <laughs> but, uh, so we'll get into uh, t- to TV picks uh, today. And I'll tell you... Oh, you know, the other thing that I wanted to mention is that hmm. uh, Bill introduced me to this thing called Pogs.
1: What the hell is that?
0: They're like these little cardboardy kind of there's i think they they originated uh from milk caps actually but they're like cardboard things they have different uh designs on them there's uh, there's some for like Teenage Mutant ninja turtles there's some that i think are like transformers and just different different things like that different designs tv shows you know there's a whole bunch of stuff and what you do is you stack them all together there's a front side and a back side and you take this big heavy one that's usually made of like some kind of metal and you slam it down. It's called a slammer. And you hit the pile and all of them that flip over to the tail side you get to keep. It's sort of like it's kind of like marbles but a little, you know, but a little bit different cuz you get to take, you know, each other's uh paw oh, cap okay. things. Yeah, I think they're having their it's kind of it's getting bigger and I think that um like, uh, McDonald's and stuff are having giveaways for, uh, for them and things like the, you know, and the Happy Meals and stuff.
1: Interesting. We'll have to, I'll have to try that. I have not seen that yet.
0: It's interesting. Uh, I did a little more of the online thing. Uh, I spent a couple hours on there the other day talking to some people in the, uh, in the chat rooms. You were talking about, um, the, uh. Dungeons and Dragons yeah. stuff that they're doing, right? Yeah, I still Carol. And... A lot of people, not to interrupt you, sorry, but a lot of people don't know Carol does a lot of uh, role playing stuff, and she has uh, a group that she gets together with that are mostly guys that I don't get jealous about that uh, she does Dungeons and Dragons and stuff with. Yeah, and well, most
1: of you who who know what kind of people play Dungeons and Dragons, you probably know that he doesn't have anything to be jealous about (laughs) now i stumbled into something very strange um people are playing online now it's really cool like i was excited when i came in everybody's pretending like we're in a tavern we're talking you've got characters and you know i'm like awesome i can play dungeons and dragons whenever i want but but then it got it got creepy um this guy asked me if I wanted to uh, go off with him, and he was like flirty, and I I'm really and I have nothing
0: to worry about. Okay,
1: I'm really um, thinking that these people, when they're talking and they leave, that they're they're having some kind of weird internet sex, like phone sex, but on the internet,
0: like typing
1: sex. I I don't know. That's I mean, interesting. It's just, I get the impression that that's where it's going.
0: Huh. Well, that is, that is certainly odd. You know, they say that any time that human beings come up with something new, that they figure out a way to turn it into sex. That's true. You know, they, they had books, they turn that into sex. Magazines, they turn that into sex. Uh, you know, obviously television and, and movies and stuff go that way as well.
1: I mean, don't don't get me wrong here. It's kind of cool in a way. I mean, you know, you've got you know people calling me my lady and and um, you know I, I like getting to interact and, and pretend that I'm in that world. But um, here's the thing: most people who play these games are guys, right? So all of you Ooh. out there, maybe that's some, something yeah. I had that uh, had
0: not occurred to me. I, if if you're you could pose because no one can see your face, right? Right. So you could pretend to be a girl. Exactly. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Ooh. That's that's what I'm thinking is probably
0: happening oh, there. Oh, oh, oh. <clears throat> yeah. That's, uh, and this is why I stay away from th- these things. I stay into the music uh, chat rooms and talk about music and things like that.
1: Well, the music chat rooms are fun, too.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I never really got into the... Mike is into the role-playing stuff, too. Yeah. Um, but I like and
1: I played before.
0: But I don't really I don't really get into get into it that much. I played a couple times with them and spent an hour and a half making a character.
1: <laughs> some of the best part right there, making the character.
0: Yeah, how many times can I roll some dice?
1: It's fun.
0: I've got 18 charisma points.
1: That means you are super charming. I know.
0: Well, wow, that's it's a reflection of real
1: life. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but uh TV picks of the week. So, obviously, a lot, you know, TV lineup is static, but we try to, we try to highlight some different shows every week. Uh, And this week, uh, I watched, as usual, Saved by the Bell, The College Years. Interesting episode this week, and this is the kind of episode I think that is really going to elevate the show to, you know, I mean, they've, they've got like, Ten million viewers, not great. They need, you know, they need to get to the twenty, twenty-five, thirty million viewer range to to have a chance to be in the top ten.
1: So you mean you're proclaiming that Zach and Kelly are getting together didn't draw in the the masses for you? Well,
0: I mean, how many people do we reach, you know? But uh, no, it, it, I don't think that it's uh, the numbers don't look great right now. Like I said, only about ten, ten to to thirteen million people watching the show, which is not a lot. Um, so, this episode, though, I think it was very thought-provoking. Interesting episode. Not as many jokes in this episode, but this is a more serious adult approach I think they can take with the show and, and, and hit new demographics with it. So, what happened was, is that Zach, uh, and I was in the student union, he was talking to Kelly. He, he's not sure where they stand. Okay. And because they go out, but they don't have a standing date plan every Saturday night as comes up because she ends up making plans. And they, they're they not boyfriend and girlfriend yet. They've been going out for a little while, but they're not there yet. And he's, he wants to know. So uh, his professor, Professor Rich, is teaching and he's talking about seizing the day, basically. He, you know... Like that whole dead poet society thing where he's talking about how it's important to live in the moment and all this stuff. And so he's leaving. This is the last class that he's teaching because he's going on sabbatical to go to Egypt to experience some more stuff. And then he'll come back and, and, uh, you know, talk about that when he comes back. So the the gang decide to throw him a going away party. They love this professor, so he comes to their apartment. Everyone's in the other room, ready to surprise him. Zach greets him at the door, and Zach's talking about him. They sit on the couch. They're talking, and he says to the professor, "You know that I'm so like I I, so, I envy you because you've lived so so much of life." And the professor says, "You know, Zach, I really haven't." He said, "I, I talk a big game." And I tell people that I'm going to Europe or I'm going to South America and stuff like that. And I usually just end up at my sister's house in Fresno. Right. So he says, oh, you know, so you're not really going to Egypt. And he's not like, he says, no, this time I'm really going to do it. He's like, I've lived a careful life my whole life. I'm I'm actually going to Egypt this time. I want to experience some things. I'm going to take my own advice, basically. So... Zach says, cool, you know, so he's like, one second, I'll be right back. So he goes in, tells everyone to, you know, come in. They were waiting for Screech, because Screech was getting the cake, but of course, you know, he messed it up.
1: Of course. And,
0: um, so they come in, and the professor's sitting on the couch, dead. What? Yeah, just in in pose. He's smoking a cigar, too, so he's still got the cigar in his hand.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: So, I mean... I guess don't smoke, guys. This is part of the lesson here. But he dies. Uh, Screech comes in. It's sort of, it's kind of played for laughs a little bit, honestly, because they're throwing confetti at him before they realize he's, before they realize he's dead. Screech comes in with this pyramid-shaped cake since he's going to Egypt, and uh, you know he's like, "Hey, lighten up, professor." And he goes like this, and the guy falls over. <laughs> and uh, Zach says he's dead. And Screech says, "I hardly touched him."
1: <laughs>
0: so uh, they have a funeral for him, and at the funeral—well, uh, yeah, actually, right before the funeral, as they're getting ready to go to the funeral, Zach says that he's going to—he's going to um, start taking more chances. He's going to seize the day. He's going to live in the moment and not be so careful. Slater thinks that Slater takes the opposite lesson. That you could die at any moment, so you have to be really careful mm-hmm. to avoid it. I guess. Although I don't know what the professor could have done to avoid his death. I mean, they don't say how he dies. So I'm assuming heart attack or something like that. Right. But they don't say how he died. So, you know, I guess just eat better, right, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Exercise. But, but um, but anyway, so. That's late. That's what's later. But but uh, Screech or, um, Zach says that he wants to seize the day. So he goes into where Kelly's getting ready, putting her makeup on for the funeral, and he says, "Do you love me? Ooh. I want to know if you love me." And she says that she's been thinking a lot about them, especially with Professor Rich dying, and that if she's going to be serious about becoming a doctor, because you know she's going to school. become a doctor that's why she works in that clinic Mm -hmm. uh, as uh you know like nurse's aide or whatever um that she really needs to focus on that and she can't focus on relationship really so you know she says i can't say that i love you now
1: wow and
0: so obviously zach's heartbroken they go to the funeral zach stands up at the funeral and he says you know that you know professor rich always told us that we need to live life in the moment and he wouldn't want us sitting inside on this day. Let's go play Ultimate Frisbee outside. <laughs> and everyone just kind of ignores him, basically. But <clears throat> this starts the episode, like the um, theme of the episode of Zach doing all these crazy things. So he scales the building uh, with like, you know, uh, one of those rock climbing lines, you know, with the carburetor and, and thing. And he's like, you know, rappelling down the wall. And, you know, he gets in trouble from the, uh, the Dean for doing that. And he, uh, you know, he's doing, he, he gets a motorcycle and everything. And, uh, uh, Slater says, man, do you know how dangerous these things are and everything? And, and all this stuff. And, um, so then it culminates with him wanting to go skydiving. So Screech says he's going to go with them and they try to talk Slater into it. And Slater's like, no, you know, I can't do this. And, Screech tells him, I used to, whenever I was scared, I used to pretend that I was you, because you were never scared of anything, but you've become, you've become, like, scared of things all the time now. So, Slater agrees to go with them, so they're all on the plane, getting ready to jump, and, uh, before they left, Callie found out that they were going on the thing, and she says, you know, are you doing all this stuff because of me, and everything, and, uh. And he says, oh, don't flatter yourself, you know, and, and all this stuff.
1: Well, he's pissed.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So they're in the plane, and Screech doesn't want to go, and then Slater doesn't want to jump. And Zack says, okay, you know, I'm going to do it, but still. So he goes to the door, the instructor's there. One thing that I thought was funny, and obviously, that you know, it's a TV show, but when you go skydiving for the first time, you go in tandem with somebody Who's experienced right so they take someone it's usually someone that works there or someone that's done a lot of jumps and you're strapped together basically and you're on the I think you're on the bottom so that you can see everything better okay. and the per and the person that uh, I've never gone skydiving so I'm I'm not hundred percent positive about this but the person that goes goes with you the experienced one's on the top but you're strapped together. And, you know, they handle the ripcord, basically, mm-hmm. for you. Or um, or tell you how to do it, you know. But just so nothing goes wrong. But they're obviously all going alone, because it's a TV show, you know. Okay. So, but they're there, and the instructor's there. And they're in the door, and Kelly is in the office, and she calls them. And says, Zach, I don't want you to do this, I don't want you to jump. And everything, and then basically she says, you know, I love you. And... Zach says that she loves her, too. And he's like, "We're not. I'm not going to jump now. He's like, this is crazy. I'm not going to jump now. So I guess it all was for her. It seemed like it was because the professor died and he had this epiphany of you have to live life to the fullest and live life in the moment. But I think his live life in the moment was get Kelly to be my girlfriend. And mm-hmm. when she didn't want to... He was didn't care about anything. That's what it seems like yeah. to me. Yeah.
1: Wow. Because then
0: all of a sudden you didn't want to do it.
1: Yeah, that's not good.
0: It was a weird direction to take it, but uh, so the uh, you know he says we turn the plane around, we're going home, and so the plane banks, and of course the doors still open, so all three of them fall out, <laughs> <laughs> and then they skydive and they pull their cords, and you know they think it's fun and everything. I, th- I was thinking about it. I was thinking about how terrifying it would be to skydive. Because what if the chute doesn't open? You know, I mean... Isn't you're...
1: there a backup chute?
0: Yeah, but still, I mean, accidents happen. It might be rare. But, you know, accidents happen sometimes. Where you... You know, I I, I wouldn't want to do it. It seems very frightening to me. But they, they land and Screech... Or uh, Zach says that uh, he finds Kelly. They kiss and everything. So they're boyfriend and girlfriend now, and that's basically how the episode ends. But uh, I thought it was an interesting, a little more serious take to the show. There were some jokes here and there, but like I said, it was definitely more serious. And uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed the episode, and I'm excited to see what they do next week. I hear there's uh, uh, they're doing a two-parter next week, back-to-back. Uh, oh, back back, so,
1: <clears throat> You know, I... It's funny because you telling me about that episode, it sounds actually pretty good. It sounds like I would have liked it. Mm -hmm. But I bet you, if I'd actually watched it with you, I wouldn't have. Because you have this way of making things sound more interesting (laughs) than they actually are.
0: It's all about the execution, isn't it? It is. So you watched uh, Home Improvement. Well, we watched this together, but mm. but uh, your pick was Home Improvement.
1: Yeah, and again, I, I was not real thrilled with it. TV has been disappointing me lately. Um, but this episode of Home Improvement...
0: called uh, The t- episode title is Real Men, R-E-E-L, right. as in a fishing reel.
1: <clears throat> so the episode starts out as it usually does with, you know, Tim causing problems and having accidents and... With the door. Yeah, he's he's uh, kicking a door. He, they're installing a kick plate on a door, and he lifts his leg and kicks through above the thing. Like, nobody would really do that.
0: As if the worst problem in the world, by the way, is people kicking at doors.
1: Right. <laughs> you know? And um, then Al wants him to go with him to check out a... Ice fishing shanty. Yeah. That he's considering buying
0: in Saginaw.
1: Yeah. You know, that, in Michigan in Saginaw.
0: One of the, that's one of the uh, fun things about this show is that they, uh, it, obviously Tim Allen is from Michigan and they, they, you know, the show takes place in Michigan, which is where we live. And, yeah. you know, it's, they, they make a lot of those uh, local references. So yeah. that's kind of fun.
1: Yeah. I, th- I believe they even live in the Detroit area. Yes, they so. do. Um, So, of course, Tim is blowing Al off and and not wanting to do it until he finds out that Eileen, Al's girlfriend, is going to be at his house because Jill is having a girl's day. Mm -hmm. And the women are going to watch musicals and remove unnecessary body hair. Right. So that is the only way that Al would have gotten Tim to go. And they get up there and Tim is being a real jerk. Oh, yeah. He brought a TV, a little portable personal TV.
0: Mm-hmm. The, one of those battery-powered ones. I've got one. Yeah,
1: and um, you know, Al's looking forward to spending time bonding with him and talking, and 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 Tim wants nothing to do with it. He wants to just read magazines, watch TV, and um, so Al's, you know, feelings are hurt, of course. And then Tim, being the idiot that he is. Decides that they need a bigger hole because they're not catching any fish, mm-hmm. and he tries to chisel out a larger hole by removing some pieces of flooring, and of course falls into the frickin' ice. Yeah, idiot. Um, and in the process lost the car keys, so they had to uh, call to get the spare set brought up to them from right. Wilson. Right, and I mean that's not close. No, so that's no. Quite, quite the it's hike. a long drive, and
0: um, that's probably like a what a three-hour drive. Yeah.
1: So you know they're they're now they're stuck, and uh, Wilson comes and saves them, and um, Tim's talking about how you know Al wants to talk to him and stuff, and how basically like making fun of him, and you know how he's I don't know not being macho or whatever. And Wilson points out that, you know, it's exactly what they do, though. They talk outside to Mm. each other. And, um, you know, that's that's normal for guys to want to do. So, um, you know, I mean, in the end, Tim, you know, tries to bond with Al and talk to him, I guess, on the ride home. But here's the thing. We never get
0: to see it. No, (laughs) we just hear about it.
1: But here's the thing. In the meantime, while they're waiting for Wilson, he decides to try to fix the heater, which, of course, isn't broken. And sets the fricking place on fire, burns down the fishing shanty.
0: Right. Which was the one that Al was looking to buy, which was their friend Marv, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah, so now uh Marv can't sell the fishing shanty and Al can't buy it, so way to go, Tim. Um <clears throat> and then, you know, the girls of course have their girl weekend with the waxing and, and the musicals and
0: We don't you know. see much of it. No. A couple conversations here and there.
1: Yeah. It, it, I don't know. I mean, it was okay. It was an okay episode. It just, it didn't impress me. It wasn't great.
0: I I will say I don't like this show that much. It's okay. But it's certainly not my favorite show. And I've never, you know, since we're in season three now of it. And, you know, it's kind of cool. Some of the Michigan references, like I said. And it's funny occasionally. But for the most part, I just don't. I don't really get into it, but it's the number two show in the country. Uh, so, I mean, obviously I am in a minority of not really being huge into this, this, this show.
1: Well, you know, I mean, I'll I'll say it doesn't make me laugh as much as I think it makes some people laugh. But like for me, I find it comforting almost.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: It's just, you know, it's a classic American family and, you know, whatever problems they have, they're solved by the end of the episode.
0: Well, I'll tell you, ABC, uh, you know, has, has definitely got a hit on their hands with the show. Uh, you know, this and Roseanne have really transformed uh, ABC's fortunes and cut in at least a little bit to the musty TV on NBC. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously NBC has a, a stranglehold on a lot of the primetime stuff. Um you know, and fox isn't a player at all, really. I mean they have a couple you know they have the Simpsons they have married with children that uh do well on Sunday and you know not much else outside of that and and then uh c b s is you know for grandparents basically but <laughs> um murder she wrote and stuff like that but uh yeah, they've really this uh th- those two programs have really helped, and a b c kind of cut in a little bit to NBC's hold on late on uh you know primetime television which is it's good to have some diversity there yeah but um I'll tell you <clears throat> if you know I, I assume this I assume since it's such a highly rated show I assume his, the home improvement's gonna run for a while yeah. and when it's over uh I don't know if Tim Allen's gonna do movies. I don't know if he's going to go back to stand up. I don't know if he's going to stay on television. You know, sometimes uh, like Ron Howard, who directs, he's doing some directing now. He did uh, Splash, but um, he, uh, you know, and uh, and some other stuff. But um, you know, he was on um, what's that show? The Andy Griffith Show. Yeah. And then he little
1: boy, right? Right,
0: and then he did. Happy days uh-huh. so a lot of a lot of times people will go from one sitcom to another, so I don't know if he's going to do another show after this, but I'll tell you what uh if he does, I guarantee you that ABC will keep him for as long as they possibly can <laughs> because you know he's he's making a ton yeah. of money for them, yeah. So if he wants, you know, like I said, I'm sure... And like I said, it's not going to be anytime soon. I'm uh, Soon. I'm sure this show will go on for a long time because it's such a big hit. But, you know, anytime afterwards, if he wants to do another sitcom, I'm sure ABC will roll out the red carpet for him on it. Um, but, yeah, so that's our uh, our TV picks of the week. That's the, the shows that we highlighted this week. Uh, the movie that we saw this week, our, our main topic... We went to the theater and we saw what is now the number two movie in, in the country. Uh, it, it flip-flops back and forth with Philadelphia. It's been Philadelphia and Mrs. Doubtfire, Mrs. Doubtfire, Philadelphia for several weeks battling one and two uh, each week. I believe this week it is the number two movie in the country, but it is the Robin Williams-led Mrs. Doubtfire
1: finally one that we enjoyed Yay!
0: yeah this is there there's a reason that this movie is as popular as it is uh it's based on a 1987 uh novel called uh madam doubtfire and uh it's uh basically this the main story is uh there's a married couple it's uh, sally field and robin williams uh, they have some problems that are highlighted at the beginning of the film. She's very serious. He's very silly. And they end up getting divorced, and he wants to see his kids. He can only see them one day a week uh, every Saturday, not even for a full night, not even an over, you know, yeah. staying the night, just for a you know short period of time every Saturday. So he wants to see his kids more, and he decides that the way he's going to do it is to dress up as a woman, as an old English nanny and uh, pretend to be this person uh, because his ex-wife is looking for a nanny to take care of the kids, so he uh, ends up filling that role in uh, an incredible amount of makeup. So the movie basically focuses on him becoming a better father by playing this role. He's a uh, an, an actor, kind of a... I don't want to say necessarily a failed actor at the beginning. We see him doing a lot of voiceover work, which it's Robin Williams being Robin Williams. So he's obviously very good at the voiceover work. Uh, but um, he leaves because they're promoting smoking in right. their commercial and he's morally uh, against that. So, yeah, he he's an actor. So by basically by playing this character, he becomes a better father and he improves his life. He kind of sees his, his shortcomings.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, it's interesting cause it gives him a different perspective because he's in the home kind of in that, you know, uh, fly on the wall view of his family without him. And his wife, you know, is talking to Mrs. Doubtfire. She thinks, you know, she's talking to a female friend, you know, someone who right. can understand and, and, in actuality she's talking about him to him so uh, gosh who wouldn't like to kind of get that perspective someday um but it's a hilarious movie i mean yeah there's some deep tones there but it it is so funny and how could it not be with robin williams um
0: yeah one of the funniest guys around
1: yeah and one of my favorite scenes is when uh he goes to see his brother and his (laughs) brother's Dresses him up in all these different ways, different levels of makeup and everything. And he's trying the different accents, trying to, you know, get his look.
0: There are there are two very distinct scenes in this movie that you can tell uh, Christopher Columbus, or Chris Columbus, who directed the film, uh, basically said to Robin Williams, let's try some takes. Just ad-lib to whatever you can think of that you think is funny- Let's try it. Yeah. And and you can tell the two distinct scenes are the scene you're talking about where they're dressing him up Mm -hmm. in the different costumes. And he's kind of just, he's going for it with each, you know, different thing. And the other one is when he meets with the social worker who's going to check up on his house and his kids and everything. And it just goes from... It's like take, take, take. Mm-hmm. You can see the cuts, and it's obvious. You know they're not trying to hide them. But it's like him saying something, cut him saying something. It almost looks like uh, a blooper reel or something, yeah. or something like that. But he's doing just like rapid fire a bunch of different jokes. It's funny. It works for the movie.
1: Well, and what I think makes it the funniest though is the way they wrap it up when uh, she looks at him and goes do you believe yourself to be funny? (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah. I used to. I I definitely used to, but today you have proved me wrong. (laughs) Right, yeah.
0: So, um, but yeah, so there's definitely, and I'm sure there's some other ad-libbing from Robin Williams, who is a tremendous ad-libber in the the movie that we don't see, but those two scenes, you could definitely tell, they stuck out a little bit as these are here just for him to do that, to kind of showcase him. And I think, you know, I think that you need that in a Robin Williams movie. You need a little bit of an area to just showcase his. Because he's so, even as an ad-libber, he's so, or an improviser, he's so unique. Yeah. With his just rapid fire, uh, like manic kind of delivery. Yeah,
1: yeah why would you have Robin Williams if you're not going to use Robin Williams for what he is and right. who he is? Right, Exactly.
0: So, yeah, not a talent, the kind of talent that we see very often at all. Um, But, yeah, the movie is is very funny. Uh, Howard Shore did the score. He did a a decent job. There's a few areas in the movie, uh, especially some of the more emotional crescendos, where they use a lot of Howard Shore's score, but a lot of the music in the movie is uh not original music no. for the for the film. Um but they use a lot of like uh luck be a lady, um the big one from uh, Aerosmith, uh dude looks like mm-hmm. a lady. Um there's uh walk like a man. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of that kind of a motif going on. Uh and like I said, so Howard Shore doesn't get a lot of work in this movie but the places where his score is highlighted is more as for the emotional resonance and and that does a good job but yeah it's, it's a very good blend of comedy and emotion which is something robin williams seems to do really well yeah uh you know he's done some more serious films like dead poet society good morning vietnam there's obviously humor in there but they're you know they're more serious in tone Mm -hmm. and uh you know he's a very good actor just as a straight actor uh, you know letting alone the comedic sides of him and you know he does seem to do this blend really well where there's you know an emotional connection as well as it's a very funny movie
1: oh yeah I, i i loved this movie and i think that everyone will love this movie i can't I mean, I don't see any problems with it. There's nothing to really criticize, in my opinion. I mean, it's just good.
0: No, there's nothing that really stands out as far as I can see, uh, as far as what I would criticize about the movie. I mean, <clears throat> Sally Fields does a good job. She, maybe you could say she's slightly underutilized in the film.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, You know, she puts in a good performance, as she usually does. But there's not a lot of her right. in, in the film. She doesn't get a lot to do. Uh, the the kids, one of them is uh, uh, a Lawrence. There's a bunch of the, these Lawrence kids. Joy Lawrence uh, is the one that what we all know, obviously, from "Give Me a Break" when he was a kid in the '80s. And uh, but he has brothers that do. I see I, oh, I see them pop up in in different things the, the
1: sometimes. son is related to Joey Lawrence
0: yeah oh, I that's, didn't know that's that. his brother okay. yeah so he I, I like him actually I think he does a pretty good job yeah. and he reminds me a lot of Joey Lawrence the and the youngest daughter she's adorable. is very cute um the oldest daughter I think she it, they it's it's like with a lot of child actors there are a couple scenes that stand out to me where she I don't think it's the strongest acting I've ever seen but obviously she's young uh you know I'm not gonna like you know like sit here and destroy a uh like a 13 year old kid right. um for her acting things there are a couple scenes a couple of the emotional scenes especially when she comes outside after the first day that mrs Doubtfire has been there and she apologizes to her where the acting's really strong you know she really um puts a lot of emotion behind it and you can really you can see that she's got some chops so it's a little uneven yeah in, in certain areas um but that's to be expected from a younger actor uh and she's <clears> not in the the movie a lot either his brother is and I, man i can't remember his name i'm trying to think of his brother's name he is hilarious i love oh, yeah. oh, uh harvey fires firestein i think that's his sure name. but um he he's hilarious in in a lot of stuff that I've seen him in, uh, and he works really well with Robin Williams. They're very funny together. Uh, so, but yeah, I can't think of I can't think of anything big that I would criticize the film for. Uh, I'm trying to think. It's very obvious they're in San Francisco, <laughs> yeah. But I guess there's really there's no way to get around that because it it really does appear as if they filmed in San Francisco. Uh you know. So.
1: Yeah, and you know who uh, who I do recognize, whose name I do know, though?
0: Hmm.
1: Pierce Brosnan?
0: Oh yeah, Pierce Brosnan's in the is movie. Is the
1: love interest of the mom, and uh, oh my, <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. He, he, there's, a, there's a pool scene, and he's not just Pierce Brosnan, he's Pierce Brosnan with money. So, I mean, he's, he's super <laughs> hot, super hot. I'm a little jealous of Sally Fields in this movie, I gotta say.
0: Yeah, well yeah, Pierce Brosnan is uh it's another one where he he's not he's not in the film a super amount either.
1: Right.
0: Um but he does you know, Pierce Brosnan's always done a good job. Remington Steel was uh one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. Really? That he was on. Oh yeah, I thought that was see, I liked like Get Smart. I, I watched that on Nick at Night okay. still sometimes. So and that kind of, like, I'm a spy, or, you know, I'm, you know, I'm supposed to be the spy, but I'm an idiot kind of thing is, you know, like, I always thought that he was very funny in Remington Steel, and I liked that a lot. Obviously, he's been in uh, several films. There was talk, uh, one of the worst ones I ever saw him in, and it's not because of him, but it's called The Lawnmower Man, which was a, uh adaptation of a Stephen King short story. And it's not even... I heard that Stephen King hates it. Stephen King doesn't even want his name associated with oh, wow. it. Oh, Well, Stephen King's short story was basically... It was completely different from this movie. Because uh, the movie is about uh, like the internet and cyber type stuff. And this guy goes into a computer and like becomes a genius and then evil. And it's just... It's terrible. Pierce, it
1: sounds like it. Yeah. Pierce's
0: <laughs> presence in that. But um, I've heard... That when he was on Remington Steel, they offered him, or they wanted him, for uh, 007, for James Bond. Okay. And he couldn't do it because of his television contract or whatever. Uh, they, um, you know, obviously Timothy Dalton did it for the longest. Well, not the longest, but for a while. And, uh, you know, there hasn't been a James Bond movie in a while. And... uh I'm telling you, I think if he if they could circle back to him, I think he would make a good James Bond.
1: Yeah, I think so too. So
0: <clears <clears you that know,
1: debonair thing going on. Yeah,
0: for sure. And obviously, the, you know, they stick with the with the English and Irish and Scottish actors, you know, and stuff like that. They, they, they any any parts of the realm, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, because he is uh, Irish, not not Sc- not English. But uh Sean Connery is Scottish, so yeah. <clears throat> it doesn't have to be strictly English. You know, um Roger Moore and, and Timothy Dalton are were English. But uh but yeah, so if they if they ever decide to um to start doing those those movies again, I think he would be a good a good choice. Yeah. I think so, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know that I can even think of somebody who would be a better choice.
1: Hmm. <clears throat> An
0: English actor, you know, today. I don't know. Yeah, I can't think of one. But uh, yeah, as as far as the film goes, I'm trying to think if there's anything like I'm. I'm trying to pick up the gauntlet that you threw down about something to criticize this movie for. But I really can't think of anything. I mean, I'm not saying it's a perfect film, but
1: it's damn near close.
0: But there's there's not much I can think of to criticize about it. I suppose you know that. Some people. No, I can't even think about. It. I can't even think that. I'll tell you what, though. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting is, as Mrs. Doubtfire, he takes a bus home every night, mm-hmm. and there's this bus driver, old older gentleman bus driver, yeah, that uh, seems to like him and and flirts with him and everything. And I always i, I kind of thought about what what he thinks. Because one day, Mrs. Doubtfire just doesn't come on the bus anymore. Because obviously, you know, at the end of the movie, it's revealed that he is pretending to be Mrs. Doddfire. He gets this cool new job, and, um, you know, everyone finds out who he really is, and, you know, things get wrapped up in the end. But, so he stops going on the bus as Mrs. Doubtfire, so one day the guy, he just disappears, And if he ever sees the show where he's playing Mrs. Doubtfire, he's going to realize, hey, that's the woman from the bus. And then he looks at the credits and sees it's played by a man.
1: Yeah, that that would be weird. It's just
0: devastating for this bus driver. Just
1: like the D&D chat room, you know. That's right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're bringing it back full circle. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so uh, I guess we will end this week as we end every week. With our blockbuster picks of the week. So, several movies have have come out to video this week. Uh, the um, Rookie of the Year came out. Um, uh, I was trying to think. Black Death. There's some other... Uh, that's a like a, kind of obscure horror movie. Yeah,
1: I've never heard of it.
0: <clears throat> but uh, there were several that came out to video this week that are on the new release shelves. Uh, but we've picked two. Carol, you're going to talk about... Coneheads. Okay, they based on the Saturday Night Live uh, uh, skit from the seventies.
1: Definitely recommend this one. It is so funny. Uh, family of aliens, and um, they move in and <clears throat>
0: Dan Aykroyd and, and Jane Curtin, uh, who p- portrayed the Coneheads originally on Saturday Night Live.
1: Yeah, and um, there's you know like teenage daughter trying to date a human. It's just kind of. Bizarre situations, bizarre situations. Yeah,
0: and a guy I like a lot, uh, Chris Farley, uh, from also from Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is a uh, Lauren Michaels and Saturday Night Live produced film. Uh, So Chris Farley is in it. He is, you know, he might be one of the funniest guys alive right now
1: you think so huh
0: well he's so funny on Saturday. i know saturday night live's having some problems with ratings they're not doing too well i mean they're even talking about possibly canceling the show
1: okay
0: uh which might not be a bad idea honestly <laughs> it's been 20 years um but you know we'll see how things go uh but anyway so but he is hilarious and i, I enjoy saturday night live uh, you know, with uh, Adam Sandler and him and um, you know, a bunch of guys. But uh, he he's one of those guys where it's a lot of physical comedy. Because, you know, he's a big guy and everything. And he's doing a lot of physical comedy. But in this movie, you see the understated, very sweet side of him. Because he just plays this very sweet and understanding human guy dating this Conehead girl. Obviously, I have no idea they're aliens, <laughs> right. you know, or, or anything. Uh, and, you know, the, the basic plot is that this, the government is coming after trying to find them and everything. And um, but yeah, Chris Farley just plays this, this like very sweet, loving boyfriend. And it's it's per, it's perfect performance. I mean, he's great in the film. Uh, but the film, yeah, the film is as a, as a whole is hilarious. I don't know if any of you guys saw it in the theaters. If you haven't, you really need to get down to Blockbuster and uh, check out one of their copies. It is a very solid, funny film. A very good film.
1: Yep, definitely recommend it.
0: Uh, the other, the one that I picked is sort of a, uh, I don't even know how to describe I guess it's a sentimental pick for, for me. Uh, the Sandlot. This movie came out last year. It wasn't huge in the theaters. I'm hoping that it picks up more steam uh, on videotape, as some of these movies seem to, especially movies like this that are kind of more timeless. But this takes place in the early 60s, uh, and it's about a boy who moves to town, doesn't know anybody, and ends up becoming friends with these guys that play baseball has no idea about baseball, anything about baseball. Learns how to play baseball. And it's just it's one of those, it's like a summer in the life of these kids. It's coming of age type of thing. They go through an adventure together. Uh the his his uh stepdad played by Dennis uh Leary's ball gets lost and uh signed by Babe Ruth. Oh and um and uh you know this dog called the Beast gets it. It was big Saint Bernard that everyone in town is terrified of. Because he's so big and scary looking. Um, so they're trying to find ways to get it from from over the fence. And everything. And um, so it's just, it's a, like like I said, it's like coming of, of age, adventure. It's got a lot of that nostalgia from the 60s. So parents can get into it from that perspective as well. Uh, and it's just, it's a really, it's a really funny like feel good kind of movie. It's one of those movies where you can sit and you can watch with your friends and really just kind of enjoy it, you know. It's like I don't know how else to like you're not going to you're not going to laugh out loud. It's not the most hilarious raucous comedy that you've ever watched. It's not a big melodrama or anything. It's just a really like fun kind of I care about these characters, I care about this uh this story movie. But it's it's definitely a good one so uh run down to blockbuster and check that out if you get a chance
1: sounds pretty charming you know i i, I now I want to see it I didn't want to see it now see you make everything sound great
0: it's a it's a very good movie i I like it a lot but um yeah so that is our show for this week uh where, where are we at we're at uh what is the date today it's january 29th january ninth, 1994. Uh, that is the date, right? The 29th today?
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: Okay, so that is our show for January 29th, 1994. Uh, take care, everybody. As always, uh, like I said, if you want to wanna give us a dollar, just slip that into uh, Carol's My locker. My locker only. Right. She doesn't want me to handle any of the money. She <laughs> wants to handle the money. And I'm fine with that. Yeah, will lose it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, pitching pennies or something, right? Um... Or I'll give it to Jenny.
1: (laughs) Have a good week, everybody.
0: (laughs) See you next week. Bye.